I always like the videos on like Instagram, like reels and TikToks that are like, you're this kind of person. Here are the books that you should read. And I think the title of this video was just like, you're gross. <laughs> read these five books. And I was like, sick. Excellent. Welcome to Red Wine Reads, a community of book lovers talking about our favorite and not-so-favorite books while pouring a glass or two of wine. I'm your host, Jenna Miller, and with me today is Rebecca Sosmicat and special guest, Marley Drake. Now, Marley has joined us on a few episodes before this uh, as we discuss some books for the Red Wine Reads book club, and so we are so excited that she is back. As I said in our previous episode, after our last Red Wine Reads book club, I asked the guests uh, which spooky novel they would rather read and each one of them had a different answer and Marley thought The Hike by Drew Maggery was more her speed than the other choices out there. So after Rebecca finished The Hike she texted me and said we need to review this book immediately and when I told her that we were doing spooky novels for October she said this is a perfect fit. It's spooky, it's weird, it's like Alice in Wonderland on ketamine. After I heard that description, I said, absolutely, we have to read this. And I guess Marley was in the same boat. And so here we are, reviewing The Hike by Drew Maggery, a wild, twisting adventure that tackles ginormous crickets, talking crabs, and a giantess who makes a soup full of humans. Sounds appetizing, right? So without further ado, let's pull some corks and get reading. to a very special episode of Red Wine Reads. We are diving into The Hike by Drew Magari. Magari? However you say his last name? I don't know. I thought it was Jim. I kept telling everyone Jim. it was a Jim something. Well, and they were like, I don't know. I don't think we're looking at the right book. And I was like, yeah, it's that one. And then they're like, it's definitely not Jim. And I was like, okay, cool. Nice. Good. Uh, Jim, Drew. All similar. Same name. <laughs> um, but welcome I'm so excited to get into this book. It's going to be a fun one, I think. Um, I've never been more excited about to talk about probably one of my books. As excited as I was to talk about other people's clothes, like, I knew that book wasn't going to be, like, a a hit amongst all of our co-hosts, but I knew this one was good. I knew this one was good. I was so excited. Yes. And on the, um, speaking of other people's clothes, on the, uh, the previous recording of that, um, I asked all of our guests, um, you know, like, what book they wanted to do next, and I was talking about how we were doing spooky novels for October, and I kept, I listed all of them out, and each one, and I was like, which one sounds good to everyone, and they just each listed a different one, and I was like, oh, sick, well, we'll just, like, put everyone on different ones, and so Marley was lovely enough to be like, yeah. that one sounds kind of fun. <laughs> I was yeah. like, I, it was uh, described to oh. me as like Alice in Wonderland on ketamine, I think was the descriptor I was given. <laughs> so like, yeah, how can you not be sold? And was I right? You I was wrong. not wrong. <laughs> I wasn't wrong. <laughs> not that I've done ketamine, just as a note. <laughs> just prefacing that prefacing this same, episode same same, same. um but 
on that note, let's get into Alice in Wonderland on Ketamine, a.k.a. The Hike. Um, sure. <laughs> some quick facts about this book. It was published in 2016. It has a 3.95 out of 5 on Goodreads, which uh, in Goodreads ratings, that's pretty dang good. That's pretty dang good. Um, and a little bit about Drew. He is a fascinating character. This just made me love this book even more. Um, he writes for GQ magazine and also Deadspin. Um, he is a chopped champion of the chopped amateurs episode in 2015. Also the author of three other books, uh, the postmortal someone could get hurt and men with balls. Um, all three, I'm very like now I'm kind of interested and I kind of want to read all of his books. Um, and very normally he lives in Maryland with his wife and three children. And he says he enjoys taking, he enjoys taking long walks. (laughs) Whole thing's actually autobiographical. Fun fact: He had to act like it was fiction. Oh my god, that's so funny. He's like, actually, this is a real life depiction uh, based on a true story. Yeah. I just can't. I want to watch. Yeah, it's it's fiction. <laughs> that's so funny. <laughs> well, um, we can't forget the red wine of it all. Uh, what are we all drinking tonight? I actually came on brand, and I'm drinking a red wine. Ooh, <gasps> yeah. good for you. Becca? Nothing. I was having a LaCroix earlier. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's it. I'm sorry. <laughs> I have my broken mic. Just water? Great. That's what I'm drinking? <laughs> well, let's get lit. <laughs> you know, the book was uh, was enough. You don't need it to add any anything to it. Oh my gosh. Well, uh, let's get into it. Um... It was kind of fun. Marley and I were comparing uh, covers earlier, and she has a different one mm. than I do. Mm-hmm. Uh, she has one. One's a squiggly one. Yeah, and hers has like a map of everything that happens pretty much, which is kind of fun. Yeah, yeah. so this has like, the path is a very big thing in this book, following the path, but it also has some visual representations of um, like, there's a giant cricket, there's um dog faces wrestling um the giantess is on the back here and so it was it was neat having like realizing who each of what each of these things symbolized as you got through the book yeah i love it well let's okay i would love to get opinions of like the first couple pages because this is what i thought i started this book I had no idea what to expect. I didn't really read the back of it. I just fully went off of vibes that Rebecca was telling me. And I was like, sweet, let's just like get into it. And I was like, I don't know if I can read this book at night. Because it's going to be spooky. Because like with like this, these two guys in like Rottweiler like masks uh, taken off of real Rottweilers. And then like they're dragging out this dismembered body. I was like, oh my God, like this is going to be scary. I'm like a little scared. And then as I kept reading it, I was like, oh my gosh, this is, like, so fun. It's, as we get into pairings, I'm like, this is almost like a Ready Player One meets Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy um, kind of, like, weird acid trip. (laughs) I was like, and as soon as it, like, the path itself was kind of um, revealed and how he has to stay on the path and all these things, I was immediately interested in, like, how is he going to get out? And is this real? And what's the twist at the end? Because you know that with a book like this, what's the twist at the end going to be like? Like, did you guys have similar thoughts? I would love to hear, like, 
you know, Marley, what were you thinking when you kind of read the first couple pages? I was in a similar place as you as I didn't read like any synopses or anything. I just kind of jumped in and, you know, that first image of like, okay, he's being chased by murderers. And I'm like, is this going to be too stressful for me? Like, is it going to be this constant, like, literally, like, he is like sprinting down a path. Like, I'm picturing this in my head, thinking about like, oh man, how long would it take me to run out of breath? So I'm like, is this going to get too stressful? And then it just got weird. And I can do weird. Um, like, you know, there's, I, I think the like real disarming point for me was he's when he's camping and then suddenly he's a teenager again yeah um you know he like sets up his tent for the night he's like 20 all of a sudden and sleeps with his college crush and it's just like okay this is just i just have to accept that this is weird and i think what i was looking for um and i don't know if this is something that you guys experienced as well was okay so why him um we have him in this very bizarre scenario all these weird things are happening and i feel like usually when you have a book like this you have like there's some like weird cosmic force trying to teach you a lesson in some way or like you come out on the other end and it's like i'm not gonna take my life for granted like you know very a wonderful like weird one a wonderful life kind of vibe and i think that's in my mind what i was expecting and i'm sure we'll talk about the end later and how maybe those expectations weren't met not in a bad way but <laughs> oh we'll get to the end <laughs> i was surprised <laughs> rebecca thoughts i i i'm so interested <laughs> i i was like this is pretty i mean the whole reason i read the book in the first place is like I always like the videos on like Instagram, like reels and TikToks that are like, you're this kind of person, here are the books that you mm. should read. And I think the title of this mm. video was just like, you're gross, <laughs> read these five books. And I was like, sick, excellent. And they had two of them listed that I've already read. So I was like, all right, that guy, let's do it. So I read this one and it was explained as like an Alice in Wonderland, like on acid. So I was expecting like weird things. So. Like, the dog faces were, like, icky. Like, it's kind of the same vibe where I was just like, oh, this is kind of gross. I don't know if I like this. But it truly, it's like, but everything kind of, like, kept with my expectations until, like, the crab moment. And then I was just, like, swept <laughs> off my feet. Like, I've never been, like, swept off my feet by a book before in my life until the crab moment. <sighs> I was literally on the train, like, and I gasped <laughs> out loud. I was like, <gasps> yeah. I was like, oh my God. So really everything from there, like it was like keeping pace until that one moment. And then everything, it was just like, I was like experiencing like life for the first time. I was like, I had no idea what was going on. It really took me for like a ride. So I was like, I was like, I was kind of bored at like the beginning of the book, which I liked because like, obviously his life was boring. Like. I was like, okay, like, cool, you're going to a job thing, you're in the hotel, you're going on a hike, like, this is kind of, like, mundane, boring, blah, blah, blah. But then it really just, like, ramped up immediately, and I was like, oh, <laughs> shit, all right, this is great. I was like, this is really good writing. Yeah. It was, like, simple, but, like, descriptive. 
like it was like simple enough so that like you could keep up the like the high octane pace of like the words being thrown at you (laughs) and i really enjoyed the how like simple of a read it was but at the same time it was like what he was describing was madness yes i think i think that touches on like exactly i have like things i liked and this is exactly what it was was he kind of was like to hell with this guy's backstory like we don't give a fuck like who this guy is what what he's doing here it doesn't really matter he's scared of dogs that's all yeah (laughs) he's scared of dogs he has like all these things that he wish he did and like you kind of get pieces of who he is as you're like coming across this path and like the way he develops the character is fabulous and like it's enough to where you really care about him you want him to get to the other side but you're like i don't really care about his wife and his kids nor do i need to because it doesn't really matter in this sense and he does such a good job of like because i think that is usually my qualm with books like this is you try to focus so hard on like how who is this guy how did he get here what is going on like you know what were the 10 years leading up to this and like you're like this man is killing a giant cricket <laughs> i don't care about his background he's, like he's literally pulling the eyes out of a giant yeah, cricket. i don't yeah, care he, i don't care about yeah, his wife i don't care about his kid he's literally he takes a foot off of a mat like he takes a step off of a magical path and is immediately like going to get killed and then he's talking to a crab that is himself 10 years in the future of this path that he spends 10 years in the desert trying to build a building by hand with a shovel and a spaniard with a spanish friend (laughs) so the fact that it's just chaos but it the fact that it's like organized chaos and we're actually following the story we know where we are we know we're like we're just submerged into this weird world i think he does such a good job at like keeping you there and not wanting like you're not wanting to veer off uh and like try to figure out who is who and why these people are coming because you even don't really get an answer for why cisco is there in the first place yeah so i don't know i think like that was one of the things i was super impressed by um and i don't i don't know marley did you feel the same way or were you kind of wanting more yeah yeah i mean i think even I remember I'm a big um, first line, last line person of a book. Mm. Like, Mm. I I love seeing the way that an author brings you into their world. And the fact that the way he felt was necessary to start his book was, so the road is just covered in dead deer. And so I feel like that immediately kind of put me in this like, okay, so that's not normal. And we never really, like, there's never an answer, I don't think, for why the road is covered in dead deer. That's not normal. Normally it's just, you know, the one. Um, but it is just that, like, there's the little bit of gore and just the, like, bizarreness of the situation and that, like, kind of dark mood that follows the rest of the book very well. And I think, um, like, it put me in the right headspace right away, even if that I... not knowing what this book was. So, yeah, I felt very much like there is a point in this book where you just have to accept you are along for the ride and if you can't accept that and you're trying too hard to figure everything out you're not going to enjoy this but if you just are like you know what let's this is not a mystery book this is this is a story i just loved that that's such a good point because it's like i don't like miss like i'm not i i don't naturally gravitate towards mysteries because of that fact where it's like 
the whole time it's like you're having to also like put in effort while reading trying to figure it out which is like half the fun of mystery books Mm -hmm. which is totally up some people's alley but it's like i want to be able to like be fully just like swept away into a book like i don't want to have to put in any effort and i think that's really like is like pinnacle book to me it's like where i don't have have just i open the first page i'm like there's how many dead deer on the road (laughs) okay and it's just all just like view 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 from there and yeah i really like that you didn't have to put in any work like he did all the heavy lifting for you and it was just exactly the right amount of everything mm-hmm. yes and like adding on to that with mystery books this is like one of my big pet peeves about mystery books is when it's a whodunit right off of page one i'm like who did it and like trying to figure it out and like the whole time while reading it i have it in the back of my mind like something's gonna twist who's the twist gonna be and like with this one like i said i knew from the beginning like it's gonna have to be a sick twist at the end because this book like deserves a sick twist at the end uh, the crab was a sick twist in the middle. Uh, <laughs> crab moment. But, god. oh my god. I was like, why Like, why am I close to tears with this crab? I, <laughs> like, this book had me feeling so, so many things. But I think, like, what he does so well, like you said, is he's, you get swept up in the plot that you don't care. Like, you kind of forget what the end is going to be and what, like, what you're kind of expecting it to be. And even on, like, when we get to the train and we get to, like, him trying to figure out how to get off the train and how to stop the train and realizing he himself is the producer and that he can stop the train. Um, like, even then, I was kind of like, whoa, this is crazy. <laughs> like, I didn't see this coming. And then you go into, like, what is it, the executive producer or whoever? Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then that, which this is where I want to uh, dive in a little deeper with you all. Because you get into this question, I think, like, Rebecca, you and I kind of touched on it with uh, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, but you get into this question, Mm. and and I kind of almost wish Abby was on this podcast. I need to have her read this book. But with the Midnight Library, you talk about the same thing where you kind of can go back and redo what you lived out before. And so this executive producer is kind of giving him the chance to go back, relive and like almost live out the future that he wants to live out without any qualms any problems he can direct it he can make it and i was just like oh this is an interesting twist because then it's like oh is he gonna choose that um and i don't know like if you kind of felt the same way but i was like oh i think he's gonna choose the night like the nice life i i knew he was gonna choose going back Mm -hmm. That's just kind of how, like, it seemed, like, you just kind of know. Like, you know, at the end of a movie with, like, all, like, the good guys are, like, gonna die. Like, obviously, they're not gonna die. Like, they're gonna live. Like, something's gonna happen. So I knew that he was gonna choose to go back to his wife. But one of the things that I thought about was, what about the other Ben? Yeah. What about the other Bens? Like... Because when he became the crab and he saw himself and he did all of this, what about that Ben? What did that Ben choose? Like, is it, like, Uh, different Bens? Or is it the same story just being replayed over and over again? Or are they all, like, sentient individual beings? That was my question. I was like, what did the other Bens choose? Mm. Mm. I was like, because at first I thought the executive 
director or executive producer was mm-hmm. a Ben, but it was. I don't think it was. Yeah, I don't think so. I think that was me just trying to rewrite the story <laughs> as I was reading it. Yeah, because that is the interesting. Like they introduced this like simultaneous versions of himself existing. Yeah. Um, but I, I do remember when he was the crab, he talked about, like, he said all the same things as his crab said. Yeah. Like, it was just like, no, well, it was the right thing to say in the moment, and it was fun. And, like, it wasn't even, oh, I had to follow this script. I couldn't divert, that like, change from it. It was just this was the right way to go. Um, but, yeah, the I, I feel the same. I've never read a book or watched a movie or anything where you have the the person who is trying to journey home who gets presented with the temptation and chooses the temptation mm-hmm. um, that would I mean, be crazy that would have been so good yeah. well this is the most subversion of it that I've ever seen where he literally splits himself in half and is like this half of me is gonna live out this this life and this half of me is gonna go home and it's the version of me that's you know ten years younger but mm. it reminded me a bit of, I don't know if either of you have seen the last season of The Good Place. So when they have spoilers for The Good Place, but- <laughs> I'll never watch it, that's fine. <laughs> that point where they get to like, The Good Place, like heaven, everyone is bored out of their minds. Mm-hmm. And mm. they have to figure out because actually getting everything you want for eternity is only good up till a point. Mm-hmm. And then it's boring. And so they literally had to figure out a way to fix yeah. heaven. And so that was kind of what it made me think of when he was given that choices. At a certain point, wouldn't you want like the imperfect back and the ability for things to happen that are out of your control? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It is fascinating and like and like thinking back to like him you know having all these dreams along the way and having all these dreams of the life um and then him kind of like narrating in like oh it actually didn't happen that way like it happened this way and so like mm-hmm. yeah i don't know like every single time i thought i knew what was going on in this book like drew just came in and was like ha psych and then like <laughs> flips flips the script on me and I was like oh okay that's um weirdly heartbreaking and like even the scene with like him and Cisco and like spending the last little day in the beach I was like crying he gets to drive the truck he gets to drive um and I will say like one of my slight qualms but even the more I think about it I'm like I don't even think this um affected me all that much but I was like the 10 years this section was a little bit draggy it was like a little yeah, bit yeah i agree um a lot of the digging a lot of the like failed uh poison a lot of the same um i don't know if you guys felt the same i felt the exact same way i'm gonna try to like attribute it to like him trying to like convey the feeling of being stuck in a desert for 10 years like it's like it drags mm-hmm. but at the same time it's like it dragged. Like, it dragged a little bit. Like, I was getting kind of, like, antsy. Like, I'm like, okay. Let's go. Let's move on, please. Yeah, when the crab said, like, hey, I'm you ten years from now, I thought more would happen in that ten years mm-hmm. than just... And then for ten years I was in the desert. And then there was, like, two weeks 
that were outside of that that we got to read about but then yeah just that whole like that's all that the crab did that's the difference between him and the crab but i think like uh, like you were saying rebecca when when the crab's like i'm you from 10 years from now i was like shook to my core because then i was like he's here for 10 years (laughs) yeah yeah. Like, you thought it was, like, an Alice in Wonderland, like, fun little, like, oh, she's here for, like, a couple of days. Like, she eats a flower, drinks a little potion, gets big, gets small. And then you're, like, ten years, a whole-ass decade, mm-hmm. and you're a crab? <laughs> yeah. You're, you're, like, <laughs> okay. you're, like, what happens? <laughs> Same. You're, like, what did I miss? Did I miss something? And you're, like, yeah, ten whole years. This is something that occurred to me today as I was thinking about it. So we know that the wife experienced some version of this world. That's what we're, we discover at the end. Why? So do we think the wife that appears to him, because we know the timelines are so funky, is there any possibility that's actually his wife? Oh, fuck. She, she, like, appears to him right before he turns into a crab. Is that possible, or am I just making something up? Ah, chills. I don't know. <laughs> it could be. Because it happened before his. But she could have been in hers for 30 years. We don't know. Yeah, we don't know how long she could yeah. have been in hers. Because you can't talk about it, right? Yeah, you can't. Yeah, they. if they talk about it, they will die. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I didn't even think about the wife. I was just like, damn, she really went through it, too. Jeez, all right. <laughs> I didn't even think about the wife being, like, the timelines, like, overlapping. Oh, fuck. What if... I think that would be, like, a good thing, but if he added it in the book, I probably would wish that it wouldn't have yeah, been. Yeah, I think it... Yeah, I, I'm fine with it being inexplicit. Mm-hmm. But I think it might have just been, like... I didn't get anything other than, like, hallucination from yeah. it, though. But that, yeah. I didn't even think about that. Yeah, that just, like, their path happened across at, like, yeah. one point. Whack. Okay, well, let, hold on. Let's talk about the ending. Uh, because I texted Rebecca, literally, a, I closed the book and I reached for my phone. And mm-hmm. I was like, what? <laughs> so good. <laughs> because I was expecting a twisty ending. And, like, the producer, ex- executive producer, Twist, was, like, fun. But I was like, it's not super crazy. And then, like, I had totally forgotten about the wife kind of until the very end. As you, as you were saying, uh, Marley, first line, last line. Um, and he, he goes, he gazed deep into her pupils and saw the soul of a woman who wasn't 39 at all, but far older. Maybe 10 years older or 20. Oh, my God, he said. For a long time, they stood there and stared at one another, dumbstruck. They didn't say a word. They couldn't. Like, come on. That's probably one of the best last few lines of a book ever. <laughs> I had to reread that part a couple of times because I didn't, like, catch it at first. Like, I was so wrapped up in, like, the twist was, like, him splitting himself in two, blah, blah, blah. Like, I, I was like, oh, that's... I was like, that's a twist. Like, yeah, there was. There's a twist. So I had to, like, read the last sec- part, like, the wife part, like, three times. <laughs> and finally, the last time, I was like, holy shit. This woman, he said she could have been, like, 10, possibly 20 years. Like, he's just, like, living, like, this whole time he was living with the woman who'd gone through this exact same thing for years. Yeah. 
And then I, like, thought, did he go through this trial because she went through it? For, to get him to understand, like, her? And then why did she go through it? Did she go through it because someone else went through it? Like, is this, like, a passed-on thing? Like, is this how, like, the hike stays alive or the path stays alive? It's kind of like a disease where it's, like, mm. you know someone who went through it, so you had to go through it, too, to, like, connect with this person on a deeper level? Or is it, or was this just, like, a one-off, like, weird thing? That was yeah, my... Yeah, was it just completely random? Yeah, that was my thought immediately after. I was like, why did she go to the hike? Didn't the producers say something to the effect of, like, oh, it doesn't matter, like... That que- that question doesn't matter. Like, why why not you? Yeah, and it's just I was like, no, I need to know why him. <laughs> yeah, I was very frustrated with that because I was like, no, I need to know wh- why he was chosen, who gets chosen, and if I am next. Yeah. <laughs> like, w- what is the path? Is is really mm. like, if so, you have the producers; they control the path. But the path somehow also has its own will. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that got real. And it see- and it's like many, many, many people have been on this path. Yeah. Like, just for how many people interacted with Ben. Yeah. To where they knew exactly what to do. Like, the lady in, like, the house, she was like, here's your seeds. Get out of yeah. here. Shoo. Like, take your seeds and go, sir. Like, Tess had a pile of mountain of humans. Like, everywhere. That was the giant's name, right, Tess? Uh, Femora. Oh, Femora? Wow, not even close. I don't know why I (laughs) said Well, Teresa is his wife, I think. Oh, that could have been it. Sorry, Femora. Like, a mountain of people. So, like... Were they all in the path? What's going on here? I was like, yeah, how much of this is like a figment of his imagination or part of his journey? Like, and how much is this like a fully built out world versus the path? That just, yeah, yeah. How many of these people actually are on the path or are just part of his path? Like the dog faces, I don't think are people on their own paths. Mm. I think they are specifically there, like as part of his journey. Mm Hmm. But is like was Cisco real, <laughs> or was he on his own path? So I'm saying, how do you yeah. get on the path? Uh, oh, just get theory. Cisco <laughs> was like the line of succession to Teresa to Ben, and the world may never know until we get Drew on this podcast. Drew, we gotta know. <laughs> It's going to be so annoying because Drew doesn't have a clue. True doesn't know. He don't know. He likes to go on walks. He doesn't know. <laughs> Drew can't tell us so he'll die. Yeah. Oh my god. That would be so- that would be crazy. This is his way. He can't talk about it, but he can write about it. Yeah, it's fiction. Don't worry he about it. He found the loophole. This happened to Ben, not to Drew. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Two separate guys. Could be Jim. You know. <laughs> Could be Jim. <laughs> he found the loophole. Oh, God. That ending um, circles back to what I was talking about later of, like, I felt like there was supposed to be a moral, like, you know, the, the path picks people who need it. 
kind of thing. Like, I feel like that's typically the narrative. And so I was waiting for the, like, so why does Ben need this? Is he not appreciating his family enough? Is he, like, what's what's the vibe? But he seemed like he genuinely, like, loved his family. Like, there was never any point where he, like, was a bad dad or husband that we saw. Um, and we knew very little outside of, like, Ben is dad and husband. That is his character traits. And so when we got to the point where it's like, okay, so the wife also went through this whole ordeal. And I'm like, okay, so she, after this whole ordeal, did not have a significant change in character. Like, it mentions, like, oh, she took up fighting. Like, just as a as a side thing. Yeah. Like, and she was not... already probably really good at it from the hike. She's like, I gotta <laughs> practice this somehow. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah, he was... She was the one who, like, taught him at first. So it just, for me, was like, oh, so, like, she went through this whole thing. And it, because normally, you know, whenever you have the piece of media, it's like, and I will net like, I'll never take this for granted. And my life will be completely different after this. And I was like, no, her, her life was similar enough that her husband did not see that day as, like, a marked change in her personality. Yeah. That's what's wild to me. You're it's like, so she literally right. lived... 20 years comes back and has this night where she's like i killed people and he's like oh yeah because you're a doctor i get it <laughs> and then it, it's just kind of like a weird anecdote to him like it isn't like and she was different after like he didn't know she was gone for 20 years and apparently her personality was not that different after it <laughs> i or could it be he's just a man and then he wouldn't have noticed anyway <laughs> that uh, or the theory come on, Jim. is he just a guy um, and men are pretty stupid. <laughs> Don't need conspiracy thread for that. Okay, here we go. So, with these types of novels, um, you have, like, you have these significant moral- moralistic changes. And, like, it's this big mm-hmm. thing, and they change their life, and everything changes, and all this stuff. And then, what if Drew is, like... Fuck that. If you went through something like this, you would be traumatized. Like, you wouldn't be like, oh, I'm a better person now. You killed a man. Like, you're not good. <laughs> you saw a, a, a giant kill and eat people. Like, <laughs> you're not good. Mm-hmm. And so if he's like, no, if this actually happened, you would take up MMA fighting. You, you would, like, you would go into a dark place. Like, this is what would actually happen. Um... And maybe it's, like, a commentary on that. I hadn't thought about that until just now. But if it's, like, maybe a commentary on that. And you can't tell anyone. Yeah. You Mm. can't go to therapy. Like, you just have to kind of carry that trauma for the rest of your life. Yeah. Yeah, you can't go. Theoretically, if I would have killed a man uh, who is wearing a Rottweiler as a face, uh, Mm -hmm. how would I do that? And then I turned into a crab. (laughs) I, I went into the desert for ten years with a Spaniard named Cisco, who hated America. Cisco, what would I do? <laughs> I love Cisco. Let him drive a truck. <laughs> See, answer. Did anyone? Okay, what did when you were reading the cricket part? Yeah. What mm-hmm. kind of cricket did you imagine? I imagined a fatty cricket. Are there different types of crickets? I, I imagined. Do you, do you you probably get these in Richmond? The uh, spider crickets. Oh, no, I imagine... Or a camel cricket. No, but I know which one you're talking about. I... Because I'm... 
I'm traumatized by those little bitches. <laughs> and that's the first thing that I came to mind was like, I want Marley, I want you to Google camel cricket or spider cricket right now. <laughs> And tell me that these things aren't the worst thing you've ever seen in your life. That's immediately, he got up to the attic and he saw a giant ass spider cricket. And honestly, that, that portion of the book really like, like the dog face, I was like, nah, this is kind of gross. But the cricket part like made my stomach turn because I just imagined a spider cricket. Oh, I hate them. Yeah, I do have some personal trauma related to crickets. They haunted hey, me for a summer. So I'm saying crickets are the worst. So I am very They're curious rough. what kind of cricket you guys were. Yeah, I was imagining like a fatty little dark cricket that we had in Colorado. And so like, I was honestly imagining mm. kind of a cute little cricket. <laughs> just blown mm -mm. up. Just like, bah. I want everyone listening to stop, open up their phones, <laughs> Google a spider cricket, and tell me that you would not be shitting your pants if you saw one. A giant sized spider cricket in your attic. I think all bugs would look terrible when giant. Yeah. Like, I don't think there's a bug that if it was giant, I wouldn't be scared of it. Like, even a fucking ladybug. That's just a, <laughs> a no-go. They would... Oh, no. Well, they're not meant to be large. No. Agreed. Um, on that pleasant note, let's get to <laughs> our final ratings. Uh, it's about that time. I guess I'll kick it off, because uh, I feel like uh, listeners probably could guess my rating um i give it five out of five i really enjoyed this book i thought it was fun and weird and different and in all the right places because sometimes books can be like fun and weird but like not hit the same but this was like kept me in the plot the entire way could not put it down i like was hooked and then it just kept twisting and like turning and there were a few slow parts but honestly like for the most part you kind of like since you had a little bit of a like a taste for what was next it just made it that much more like digestible and then you just wanted to know what happened at the end and then the ending did not disappoint and it was so good i was blown away i loved it i absolutely loved it so good becca oh five out of five <laughs> for sure this is truly like i think about this book all of the time <laughs> constantly i love this book so much that's it. Five out of five. That's gold stars all around. <laughs> Great. Marley? I think I'd go 4.5 just because personally it made me very stressed at some parts. <laughs> and I do not like being stressed. It That's hurts fair. my body. <laughs> so, you know, if you're like me and stress is not a good time, it's probably fine. It's a, still a fun read. Just, you know, know that he makes it home at the end and it'll be fine. <laughs> He does make it home. Yeah. There you go. There's a spoiler for you. That's what I needed. There there was a certain point. I can't remember what point it was, but I did skip ahead <laughs> to the end just to know if he got home or not. All right. Well, let's get into pairings. Uh, picking TV shows, movies, other books, and a little uh, drinky drink to go along with today's um, book. So uh, starting off with a drink. I mean, it's, it's it just clear as day. Peach schnapps. Um, you know, peach schnapps. You, that's what he drinks. That's what mm -hmm. his high school self drinks. So, here we are. <laughs> Anyone else pick anything different? <laughs> I was going to go for the original peach schnapps, <laughs> but I just assumed you guys were going to do it. 
I said, like, a good, like, single malt whiskey at the end of the day. You're sitting there with your wife. You guys are fucked up. (laughs) You just got to pour yourself a nice glass of just something really strong. And they're just sitting there drinking Mm -hmm. in a rocks glass. A really good whiskey. And they're like, holy shit. Mm -hmm. Just 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 a not even on the rocks straight up just yeah a full glass <laughs> like a full tumbler of really good whistling yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. sweet i love it uh tv show so this one i did a specific episode uh i even texted rebecca i was like this feels like i'm reading black mirror um like an episode of black mirror and the one that i i i'm going like kind of based off of vibes as well as a little bit of the plot but um play test uh season three episode two so this one is about a guy he like signs up to test this video game and he gets into the video game and it pulls out of your greatest fears and so you have to like defeat all your greatest fears and they like make a very imperative point like at the sorry this is gonna be a spoiler so sorry spoiler alert beep beep um but they (laughs) yeah sorry marley you you won't want to watch it it's freaky but um they tell you like don't bring in your cell phone because it messes with the waves because your brain is connected to this thing and so at the end of it he is like trying to call his mom while he's in the video game and then um it turns out that his mom had called him during like his video like during the play test and so he's like in a permanent coma because it like messed with the brain waves and it feels like he has been in there for like days and then it turns out he literally was in there for three seconds. And so, like, it was just one of those moments at the end of it. I was like, my brain was like, I had to watch another one. Because I was like, oh, God, I I, I can't go to bed right now. <laughs> so I, I hate this feeling. Um, and that's how I felt with this one. I was like, I can't go to bed right now. I, I need something else to, like make sure it ground me maybe in humanity that's how i kind of felt i needed something to ground me in all the best ways <laughs> i don't have a tv show i have a video game Ooh. Ooh. i have been super into it's called baldur's gate 3 i don't know if you've heard of it or not but i've been super into it it's a um Basically, the video game adaptation of Dungeons and Dragons, which is one of my favorite activities to do ever in this world. Love Dungeons and Dragons. But it's a video game where it's basically like you're just. It's definitely not like on the same lines of like you're following a path, but you are. You're kind of like following a path, you're following the storyline, and you're like, if you go off the path too far, you have to like fight enemies and stuff. So good. That's not even like. That's not. That's not the video game. That's definitely the worst description of it at all. But it's the same vibes. Like, very closely the same vibes of, like, the book for this video game. So good. If you're looking for something that gives you kind of the same feeling of this book, but you're really into video games, and I don't know why you haven't aren't playing Baldur's Gate if you're into video games, but you should definitely do it. Very good. <laughs> I uh, I would go Severance mm. for a TV show. That's good. I think it is a little bit more grounded, especially the portions that happen um, with the like waking 
individuals versus the individuals within the company but it has a lot of that similar like okay i just need to accept that this is weird as hell and just be along for the ride i don't think there's any world in which i solve the mystery or predict what's gonna happen like i i can't tell you why there's a room full of goats but there is (laughs) oh that's a good one. Uh, okay, books. So I I chose two. I already touched on uh, I already touched on them slightly. But Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy again, kind of that dark humor, um, kind of wacky, just different uh, you know challenges that they have to face and they have to overcome, and it's just a little weird. And at multiple times, you think that they're gonna get killed <laughs> by one creature or another, and they don't. But I feel like a similar humor and a similar um, kind of like darkness to it. And then the other one was a mi- was the Midnight Library by Matt Haig, and this one I chose because um, one, you know, he like is in a library at one point, which is kind of fun, but he during the times that he kind of dreams uh and replays certain events and they end up happening the way that he would have liked them like in the midnight library you have the chance to go back and redo a certain points of your life and you get to like see what would happen if you would have chosen this path instead of this path or this instead of this and so i think um like that similar concept fits in so if you kind of like that portion of this book I think you'd really like the Midnight Library of like questioning fate and questioning um whether or not if you chose like chose a different the sliding doors um scenarios if you like that Midnight Library is a really good one Hmm. I chose Hitchhikers I was like great what a good little tandem like pair of books to read very good so mine was that. Um, mine is a graphic novel series called Ooh. Paper Girls, mm. um, which is um, four girls in the 80s who are on their paper route end up embroiled in a time war, basically is the, the gist of it. They time travel. It's a whole, it's very weird. Like, you know, there's people speaking an alien language writing pterodactyls and just it's it's very funky like very much like I am along for the ride. There is one season of an Amazon series. They did cancel it after one season and it leaves off on a cliffhanger. So I don't know if I'd recommend that uh, series. I'm kind of bummed they canceled it because it seemed like they were taken in a different ver- um, direction than the novels. But it also, it captures a very similar feeling and it left me feeling the same as I finished it where I sat there and I was like, I don't know what to do with this information. <laughs> so yeah, would definitely recommend. I've never heard of that. Like six or seven. It's good. Um, I think it got a lot of flack for the series because it looked very similar to Stranger Things. Mm. Um, but it did actually. The first one was published prior to Stranger Things coming out. I'll have to look into that. Mm. That sounds right up my alley. I love graphic novels. I was about to say this feels so, so much fun. like something that uh, Rebecca would read. <laughs> I love that. Uh, I love that I am emitting exactly the genre I want. <laughs> gross. <laughs> gross. <laughs> You're gross. <laughs> um, uh, all right. 
movies. And again, I already touched on mine, but Ready Player One, uh, just the fact of you having to complete different levels in order to get to uh, the prize, so to say, and then the prize not being quite what you expected it to be. Um, so yes, I would say Ready Player One. Mine was the OG Disney Alice in Wonderland. Because it's like, of course, the But at the same time, it's like, they do, a, they have done so many adaptations of Alice in Wonderland. But I think even though it is Disney, it's weird. Like, it's pretty weird. Like, and if you read, like, the act, like, you know, like, all Disney, like, modified all of, like, their Disney princess things. So Alice in Wonderland was, like, a modified version of the original story. But, like, they kept it pretty weird. So I have been, like, wanting to watch that version of Alice Wonderland since reading this book. So I think it will, I think it would be like a good, like a pretty good matchup. That's the episode. That's the hike. Uh, please go pick it up. You'll, you will not regret it. Um, unless ginormous crickets and uh, giants terrify the living poop out of you. And they do scare us. They do everybody. And we still liked it. So I think you'll still like it. <laughs> but uh, Marley, Rebecca, thank you so much for joining me on this episode. And um, until next time, cheers. Cheers. Clink, clink, clink. Well, that's the show. Thanks so much for listening. If you liked it, please go give it five stars on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're listening to this episode right now. If you want more book-related content, you can find us on Instagram and TikTok at rwreadspodcast. Again, that's at r-w-r-e-a-d-s-p-o-d-c-a-s-t. That's at rwreadspodcast on Instagram and TikTok. Until next week, keep your books open and your drink glasses full. Thanks all. This episode is a JB Media production produced and edited by Jenna Weston. Mm-hmm.